Hello, everyone. I'm Henry Munoz, host of Momento Latino's podcast series, The Momento. Everyone has a moment that changes their lives and puts them on the road of life. Together, we'll illuminate the triumphs and the challenges of the Latinx community by focusing on the momentos that make us who we are. We're joined today by, I think, one of the most exciting young talents to come to Hollywood, someone who is Mexican by birth, an award-winning actor, a producer, a storyteller, someone who is opening the doors of opportunity for Latinos and Latinas who want to have a career in movies and in television. His new film, Half Brothers, tells the story of what it means to be a family divided by borders in the world of 2020. Please welcome our guest, Luis Gerardo Mendes. Luis, welcome to The Momento. I'm so excited to have you here on this podcast. You know, this is a, a series of conversations with leaders in the Latino community, not only of the United States, but around the world to talk to them and to share their experience with really the next generation. By the way, I should tell you, you know, we have a connection. Oh, so, really? Okay, yeah. I'm intrigued. And nervous and terrified. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've decided that it's important for me to understand where I came from. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, my cousin sent me the immigration documents of my grandfather, who came to the United States in 1921 because he was a motion picture projectionist. He had learned in the young industry of motion pictures how to show them. And so he came uh, to the United States. He worked as a a projectionist and as a printer, and he came from Aguascalientes, Nuevo León, wow. Mexico. Okay, I've never been to I've never been to Aguascalientes. I want to go now. Well, Henry, I, I need to say this: you actually look like my my uncles. So <laughs> I, I do. don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I'm going to send you photos of, of my of my 15 uncles I have <laughs> in Aguascalientes and San Luis Potosí, and you could definitely be in that list. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just call me Theo. Just Theo. call me Theo for, for the rest of the podcast. Theo, my, my Theo Henry. Okay, that's, <laughs> you got it. So, Luis, what was the moment that you knew you wanted to be an actor? Um, it was in uh, high school. I was, um, I was a really weird kid, you know? Like, I, I was never a part of the popular kids or the kids uh, interested in sports or not even a nerd, you know, like it, it took me a while to find my place in society. Um, and in high school, I, I went into the theater workshop. Um, and at the end of the, uh, at the end of the year, we did a play that the teacher wrote and the play was about a family getting a divorce, you know, but what happens to a family when the parents get a divorce? And my character was the son of this couple. And this character had a monologue speaking about what a kid feels when your parents are getting a divorce. And in that, in that moment, my parents in real life were actually having a divorce. So they were in the theater, in the first row, in the, in the center of the first row. And I was saying this monologue, monologue in front stage center. So my parents were one meter away from me while I was speaking about what it feels to have your parents going through a divorce you no know? so i knew in that moment that every single word i was saying was affecting them deeply 
Like every single word I was saying was touching them. And that was the moment when I understood the power of theater, you know, the power of theater to confront others and to be um, kind of a mirror for society. Of course, I didn't understood that like I'm speaking to you right now because I was 16 or 17 years old, but I felt that. And that was the moment where I knew I wanted to become an actor for the rest of my life. Well, and that's really part of the narrative of this movie that's coming out, Half Brothers. Yes. About families and orders and the idea that families are different. You know, they're different nowadays. They take on different uh, people, people separate and then they come back. And I thought that was one of the most beautiful things about your new movie. Tell me about Half Brothers. Well, Half Brothers is a film um, uh, we started developing five years ago. Uh, I'm also a producer in the film. Uh, I'm from I'm from Aguascalientes, as you already said. I've, I've been living in Mexico City for a long time. And I moved to LA five years ago. And uh, when I, I first moved to LA five years ago, I met Eduardo Cisneros and Jason Schumann, who are also the writers and producers of the film. And we met there, we grab a coffee, I'm lying. We grab a mezcal, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and we were like, uh, we want to do something together. We had no idea of what to do, but we wanted to work together. So we started talking about the relationships we had with our parents, brothers, uh, siblings, half-brothers, blah, blah, blah. And through those conversations and also an idea Eduardo Cisneros already had in the past, one month after that meeting, they came back to me with this one pager, one page with the basic anecdote of the film. You know, like these two have brothers, one Mexican, one American, uh, completely opposites, complete, completely different. And they are forced to do this road trip to understand why the father of these kids never introduced them and why this father never came back to Mexico. So that was the moment where, uh, when uh, have brothers was born in a way. So that was the beginning of the journey. And, and we wanted to, we wanted to create that, you know, we, we wanted to create a vehicle to talk about the differences between Mexicans and people from the States. Uh, but also, and most important, talk about the things that in a, in a way made us half brothers, you know, like we are not that different, you know, and, and, and the film is about empathy and the film is about about um, being able to be in someone else's shoes and also an interesting look uh, about the migration problem. You know, like uh, we wanted to portray the immigration situation with a lot of respect, uh, but also with dignity, you know, like being a Mexican actor and producer and Eduardo Cisneros being a Mexican writer as well. We wanted to be very specific about showing up the journey of this immigrant, you know, who's going to the States because he wants a better job. He wants a, 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 an opportunity. Um, and that's his only scene, you know, and then understand the difficulties and the complexity of the immigration in the States. It's very much a story of the moment that both of our countries are living in. And I loved the way that the movie dealt with it at a very personal level too. And, you know, from the, from the viewpoint of families, right? I mean, you see how immigration touches families back and forth across the borders. I, what, what, do you, what, what do you want people in the United States to understand about, uh, about this moment uh, that we're living in? 
Yeah, well, I don't know, like lots of stuff. Like, first of all, uh, we wanted to 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 um, portrait a different character in Hollywood. You know, like my character is Renato. Is this really successful businessman from Mexico? He has an aviation company. He wears really expensive suits. You know, and I've never seen a Mexican character like that in Hollywood ever. You know, so we really wanted to portray a different character in in the Hollywood screen because we are as Mexicans we are also that you know like Mexicans we are also painters and writers and filmmakers and fathers and mothers and me as a Mexican storyteller I want to see myself represented in the screen the way I want to see myself represented in the screen not not someone else's vision of that you know so first of all that was really important for us and then just make a making a fun movie you know like half brothers is a comedy it's about laughing about the differences, uh, about the contrast. I believe more about contrasts than conflict, you know, and having these two completely different characters who in a way represent a country, you know, like having this character of this Mexican businessman and also this American kid, uh, this millennial, millennial who has never had a, a serious job and his biggest talent is to post photos of, of his breakfast on Instagram and putting those guys together together in a car, that gives you a lot of comedy. I also had a pet goat at one point in my life. Really? Yeah, until my neighbors got mad at me and made me give them away. But Goats are, are fantastic. I, I don't know if it's the perfect pet to have in a house, but they're, they're a lot of fun. Well, we have this tradition where I, I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, and you raise money for scholarships and they make you El Rey Feo. Yeah. And when you get to be El Refeo, your gift is a baby cabrito. So I helped raise this goat. I, I think you're really supposed to eat him, but I didn't need him. I, he lived a very long life. Yeah, well, I have a line in the film that my character says, we, we eat those things in Mexico and they're very tasty. And, and I'm afraid to say it's true. And it's, it's one of my favorite dishes, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but after doing the film, I, I, I think twice about doing that. I hope they uh, nominate Renatito for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He's getting a lot of attention, that, and that thing pissed me off a lot. Um, <laughs> because Renatito was a diva on set, you know, like, <laughs> he had the best catering service. He was working just five hours a day or less. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to work with him. This podcast is brought to you by Momento Latino. You're a very famous actor in Mexico. <laughs> You're, um, you've broken through in the United States. I mean, I really can't think about many Latino actors who are the lead in movies. Um, you helped bring forward, you've produced the first ever Netflix series in Spanish, recognizing the importance of our community, who we are in the United States of America. Lately, we've been reading a lot about the lack of representation in Hollywood. Our stories aren't told, our people aren't employed. Uh, what would you tell actors, actresses, producers, writers about their, the future of the motion and television industry? What should they be doing? Well, first of all, um, well, thanks for everything you're saying. Uh, I, I think uh, what I learned about after doing Half Brothers and after doing the first Netflix show for Latin America, 
um, I learned that, and I, I want to share with, with the audience is you don't need to have permission from no one to do anything. You know, like you can do whatever you want. You just need to trust your story and you just need to, to trust uh, what you need to say and, and the things you have uh, as your inner life. You know, like after doing Half Brothers, I, I really believe that I opened a door for me, you know, inside me about trusting more in the stories I have to tell. You know, like my story, my personal experiences are there. And I want to be a storyteller. I don't see myself as an actor anymore. You know, I, I don't see myself as a producer. I see myself as, as a storyteller. And uh, yeah, um, it's, you could say like, we're, we're having a moment, you know, as Mexicans or Latins in Hollywood, but it's, it's, it's really tricky. You know, you need to be very clever because I'm not interested in being a part of, uh, how do you say, ¿cómo dices una cuota? Las cuotas estas de representación. How do you say that? That's right. A quota, a percentage. We're 18% of the population in the United States, so we should have 18% of the representation. Exactly. exactly. Sometimes you hear those things about studios and about networks. Like, yeah, we need to have some Mexican actors in the show or in the phone. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being in the screen because I have something to say. You know, because because we as Mexicans, we are Latins, we are the ones who needs to who needs to be telling our stories, you know, because we know our stories. And uh, that's what I think is is the value we have right now as, as Mexican or Latins creators, you know, and storytellers. We have the stories. They need our stories and, and, and you need to be ready to tell those stories. So, yeah, it's, it's a really... Um, uh, interesting moment. I mean, unfortunately, now we have this horrible COVID thing happening. But before that, I felt that we were on a really interesting track. But yeah, we, we still need to do a lot of work. But I think COVID has also given us an opportunity to um, gather as families. And even though it's affected Latinos in the United States more than any other population, more of us have died, more of us have had to keep going to work. You know, we're 18% of the population, but 34% of the essential workers. What you're doing by telling stories, you know, there's a famous saying, you cannot be what you cannot see. Yeah. So your character in this movie, the way that you're portrayed, the fact that you are successful, the suits that you wear, right? The, the way that you rebuild, build, think about families, I think is an important lesson for the moment that we're living in too, not even to mention immigration and the need for immigration reform and the way that our countries are tied together. Yes, yes. And, and also the other thing that I think is important about the film uh, is I, I really believe the main theme is empathy, you know, and uh, for me, empathy is the main theme of the year as well, you know, with COVID and with elections in the States and with the elections we had in Mexico a couple of years ago is the same thing, you know, like suddenly you have these two countries completely divided, you know, where the blue team and the red team hates each other because of politics and because of Facebook information. And now we, as a, a society, we need to rebuild that, that community, you know? And uh, I think that's the biggest theme of the film, the empathy that, that you need to be able to walk in someone else's shoes before judging someone else, you know, and having another perspective about certain uh, issue. 
So yeah, I don't know. Again, this is a comedy. It's, it's just, it's, it's for having fun. We never wanted to do a really political social film, but I think all those themes are there. And I, I really hope someone uh, feel that when they're watching Half Brothers. I got to ask you about Narcos Mexico. Yeah. And everywhere I go, you know, like I know nothing about new music, but I hear about Bad Bunny all the time. <laughs> so I got to ask you about that. Tell me about Narcos Mexico. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm shooting the, the third season of Narcos Mexico right now. That's why I'm wearing this mustache. Don't think it's, it's something I like for me to go to the groceries. It's, I need to have... But it was your COVID, your COVID mustache. Yes, exactly. Which is the worst idea, actually, <laughs> mustache in, in COVID. But anyway, um, yeah, Nar Narcos is one of my favorite shows in the world. You know, like I think they have one of the best writers, staff in Hollywood, they do a really exhausting research about the topics they're talking about. The, the cast is amazing. The directors are mind blowing. This season we have Ale Marquez, which is an amazing Mexican, uh, female director. Uh, we have, uh, Wagner Mora, who is the actor who did Pablo Escobar in the first seasons. He's also an amazing director. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited. I, I cannot tell you a lot about my character right now. Uh, I, I can just say that he's, a uh, a cop from Ciudad Juarez is uh, one of the leads in this, in this third season. And the story my character uh, is, is telling is probably one of the most painful and urgent and necessary stories to be told in Hollywood right now, you know, because this is still a problem we're living in Mexico, a really big, big, big problem. And, uh, and I really believe that, Narcos is a really important show because when someone in Germany or in Canada or in New York, they see this, this TV show and suddenly someone is about to have a cocaine line, they're going to think different about what they're doing, you know, because now, as you said, you cannot know what you don't see. If you see the show, you're going to understand all the things that are behind that bag of cocaine you're holding in your hand. So I, I, I'm, I'm really grateful and honored to be a part of the show. But some people say that we're always portrayed drug dealers and criminals. I think more so since the, the current president of the United States referred to us as rapists and thieves. So what would you say to the critics who say, oh, you know. I think I think there's a big difference in doing uh, an, a telenovela about a drug cartel and doing narcos you know like narcos again has a really really uh, interesting writer staff who are really committed to tell the complexity of the problem you know not just showing cool people with guns and i think that's that's the difference about being in the show you know i was thinking about how few actors there are who are named luis gerardo and who are named diego and who have succeeded to become lead actors in television series and movies. And I remember being struck by Diego Luna in a, a Star Wars movie, speaking yeah. with his voice, his authentic accent, yeah. what that must mean to people. And you do the same thing in Half Brothers. How important is it for not just actors, but for young people today to see that on the screen? Well, I think it's, it's everything, you know, like 
Diego Luna and Gael García are one of the reasons I became an actor. When I saw Itumama Tambien in the movie theater when I was 16 years old, that was the moment when I was like, I, I knew I wanted to be an actor because of the story I told you at the beginning. But when I saw Itumama Tambien in the film, in the, in the movie theater, I was like, that's exactly the kind of actor I want to be. You know, because I, when I saw them, I was like, wow, those characters, they talk like me. They look like me. They have the same problems I have. So it was like a really important moment for me as an actor watching that film. So I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, if this is happening to some kid in Aguascalientes or Guadalajara or Zacatecas watching me performing. You know, I have no idea if that's happening, but I love the idea of me being an, some kind of inspiration to some young kid or aspiring actor or filmmaker because because I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I come from this family from Aguascalientes. All my family are doctors, you know, like I had no one in my family involved in the show business at all. So I had no idea how to do it. I just grabbed my bags and I moved to Mexico City, no one knowing no one in the business. And in a way, I made it, you know, I, and, and I hate this I made it thing because I don't believe in that. What I'm talking about, I made it is be I became an actor, you know, that's the only thing I know. And it is possible. It, it requires a lot of work, a lot of sacrifices, but, but you need to do the move. You need to take the risk. You need to jump because otherwise uh, you're going to be stuck there doing nothing. This podcast is brought to you by Momento Latino. So Momento Latino is a coalition of advocates, activists, policymakers, artists, celebrities, everyone from Eva Longoria, Gloria Estefan, Ricky Martin, um, Luis Fonsi, Rita Moreno, George Lopez, you name it. All of these yeah. giants now in Hollywood have come together to unite their voices and to change, quite honestly, the country and to create opportunities, open the doors for other people, um, younger people than we are. Five years from now, what do you, to give me the picture that you see in your head of what your career is like and what Hollywood and the motion picture television industry is like for us? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I like to think in five years, I'm, I'm going to be doing the same I'm doing now, you know, like just uh, doing the films and the TV shows I love. Um, I, I really hope uh, that I can continue as a, as a producer telling my own stories as well. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more confident of the stories I have in my mind and I want to be able to put those stories on the screen. Um, and yeah, and, and I hope in five years, Mexicans and Latins are still having a memento in Hollywood, <laughs> but not because they need to put us in that quote, but because they realized they need to do it because we are a powerhouse of amazing stories. Agreed. We need to embrace our power. Luis Gerardo Mendez, actor, producer, storyteller. Thank you for what you do and thank you for being on the Momento. Gracias, Tio Henry. It was a pleasure. <laughs> thank you, Miss Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram or Twitter at Momento underscore Latino and tell us about your Momento. And don't forget to go to MomentoLatino.us for more resources.
Momento Latino Production.